Welcome to The Week That Was, your definitive source for political news, where we delve into the headlines, dissect the debates, and analyze events that shaped the past seven days. Joining me now is Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, Keith Baldry. Hello, Keith. Happy Friday, Jazz. Happy Friday. Well, BC Conservative John Rustad this week says that Premier David Eby and opposition BC United Leader Kevin Falcon are both looking over their shoulders at the uh, political gains being made by the new kid on the block. Uh, lots to talk about here. Uh, Premier David Eby was on the show earlier this week, and I did ask him who did he view as his opposition. Take a listen. The anxiety I have is in the growth of the Conservative Party. Here you have a party that's anti-science, anti-vaccine. The biggest threat they see uh, to kids is teachers and school librarians. Uh, They deny that uh, human-caused climate change is real or that carbon dioxide is a pollutant. And they bring the worst of the American culture wars uh, to British Columbia. It is alarming to me that that they are seeing the kind of poll results they are. And so I feel very anxious about that. Uh, So based based on the Premier's response, he best definitely believes he's concerned about the B.C. Conservatives. The party does appear to be gaining momentum with voters as British Columbia uh, is scheduled for a fall election in October of uh, 2024. Uh, The Conservatives received less than 2% of the vote in the 2020 election and did not win a seat, but they could finish in second place if an election were held today based on a recent public opinion uh, poll. So, Keith, let me start with you. Um, How much of a threat are the B.C. Conservatives to B.C. United, the official opposition? Well, on paper, they are a big threat. Um, But, again, in terms of infrastructure of a party, they're really nothing um, that compares with even BC United right now. But, you know, at the end of the day, and I've talked about this before, in 1991, uh, we saw this phenomenon where the electorate moved en masse to a party that had no infrastructure itself, no no real executive or staff and such. And that was going from the Social Credit Party to the BC Liberal Party. And that's how the BC Liberal Party was born. Uh, it didn't form government in 91. It almost formed government in 96. It took 10 years to actually move into government to rebuild that coalition. And we may be witnessing that uh, now, with the what apparently the sinking of BC United, unless they get their act together, and the transfer of people who used to vote for the BC Liberals now voting for the BC Conservatives, you know, what to keep in mind: the BC Liberal Party was not the Liberal Party, like the Liberal Party of Canada. It was it consisted of a coalition of both liberal and conservative interests. So, uh, true conservatives had to be told and convinced by liberals to come on over to the liberals to be the free enterprise coalition to take on the NDP. Well, now what we may be seeing is the B.C. conservatives telling liberals uh, to come on over to the B.C. conservatives to form the the coalition to to defeat the NDP. A lot easier said than done. It takes a long time if you can pull it off. And the other thing is that... um, the BC Liberal Coalition was headed up by Gordon Campbell after he replaced Gordon Wilson, who was kind of a centrist right person, whereas right now the Conservatives are really a two-person caucus, and they're espousing fairly right-wing positions, as David Eby just outlined. Those are not the positions of a free enterprise coalition party that has to combine both liberals and conservatives. But this phenomenon that happened in 91 may be replaying itself right now because BC United has the most MLAs, but its brand recognition is far uh, less than the BC Conservative brand. And this will inevitably raise some questions about leadership, about who would lead a free enterprise coalition, and about Kevin Falcon, the job he's doing leading United right now, what appears to be over a cliff more than anything else. So how much of this free fall should be blamed 
on on Falcon. Some have said, look, the BC Conservatives are doing well because of an identity issue. People think they're connected to the federal Conservatives, which they're not. Um, and, uh, the, you know, it's an issue of name recognition for BC United. But how much of this freefall should be blamed on Kevin Falcon? Well, I think the, the biggest mistake that has been made was changing the name. So taking a name that had been an electoral powerhouse for years, you know, winning a number of elections and almost winning the 2017 election, even won the most seats, and it did win the popular vote, just didn't win enough seats. Uh, to change that uh, to something that no one's ever heard of or has no history in B.C. was a real puzzling roll of the dice that right now has proven to be an absolute disaster. And given that was Falcon's push, that was his move, that blame, I think, has to be put at his feet. I think that's the number one mistake. The number two mistake was kicking John Rustad out of the caucus for um, ostensibly retweeting a, a tweet that questioned uh, the science fan climate change. Um, that's come back to bite Mr. Falcon and the former caucus big time. So you put those two mistakes together, um, they're considerable. So it's going to be interesting in the weeks ahead. If I'm, I was talking to my, our colleague Richard Usman today, all the year-end interviews Mr. Falcon's going to have in the media, how many times is he going to be asked about his leadership? I suspect it's going to come up in every interview. Uh- uh, how do you ask this delicately? I guess you don't. Should we be? Should there be a Kevin Falcon death watch? I think it's still a little. We're not quite there yet. But I'll tell you, seventeen percent. If you're leading a party at seventeen percent in the polls, that's basically a little better than fringe party status. And I don't think that side of the, the, the interest of that party are going to stand for that. And unless the makes a real effort at picking up the pace here and improving their their standing. Uh, in public opinion, then I do think there's a, there's going to be some serious questions about leadership. Uh, there's been talk of a merger between both Rustad and now Falcon. Is how we want to sit down and talk about about stuff. But who's going to lead the party? Is it going to be if there is if they can pull off a merger, which I don't think is that possible, at least not before the next election. Who would be the leader? Would it be Kevin Falcon or John Rustad? Would, would Rustad really agree to something that would put the guy who kicked him out of caucus as his leader again? That seems far-fetched. And would Kevin Falcon actually step down to let someone he kicked out of caucus be the leader? That seems far-fetched as well. So maybe there's a third name out there. Maybe there's someone who's brand new uh, who can head up a party that uh, right now uh, shows no signs of actually forming. Um, the other thing that we don't see, uh, and the folks that could have a tremendous impact on this, is the BC United Caucus. They could decide they don't like Mr. Falcon or they're not going anywhere. And I mean, imagine if we got two or three polls reiterating what we've already seen with the latest poll uh, from Abacus Status, sitting at 17% for BC United. You get a couple more of these polls in January or February. I, you have to admit that the caucus is going to look at this, the BC United Caucus, and go, well, what's my chance of winning in my riding uh, unless we A, merge them, or maybe I join the Conservatives? I don't know. But Mr. Falcon has to be a tad nervous of his own caucus oh. who probably want to survive themselves. Having seen this movie several times, I'd say, yes, you should be nervous. Um, but I think right now they're not there yet. It's interesting. The, the United just put out some news releases just moments ago uh, saying that Mr. Falcon's going to be at two events on Sunday and Monday announcing new candidates in uh, Abbotsford and Richmond. So he's still out there doing what he's supposed to be doing, uh, which is you know recruiting candidates and, and trying to make a bit of a splash. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's asked about his leadership at these events by, by the reporters. So, yeah, if another poll comes out in January from Abacus or Angus Reed or Leger or 
a, a good pollster with a good track record that has them down at less than 20% and the Conservatives approaching 30 I wouldn't be surprised to see some caucus members jump jump ship because uh, that poll you got in Abbotsford West, uh, where they're you know far behind the Conservatives there, uh, has got to make some a number of MLAs who represent areas of a conservative nature federally mm-hmm. very nervous because that federal vote will go could go provincial could go conservative on a provincial basis because it used to go BC Liberal, mm-hmm. um, and we're talking about huge chunks of the interior Fraser Valley in the north where right now the Conservatives have a big lead or the Conservatives do have a big lead over United, and the NDP is far more competitive there than BC United is. We are speaking to Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief. Uh, we're talking about the week that was in BC politics, which uh, we will be running every Friday at 4 o'clock. Uh, let's go to the open line, packed board. Everybody's interested in this uh, opposition uh, politics going on and, and what else is going on in BC politics as well. Lots with the NDP. Uh, let's go to Carrie and Siri. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think this is a phase for both um, the B.C. conservative and federal conservatives. I think once people start uh, seeing how extreme both of these parties are, they're going to start pulling away to the center. For example, I've read the policy documents for both the federal and the B.C. conservatives, and both of them have bans on gender-affirming care, which not only um, prevents suicide prevention for youth, but now you're interfering with medical decisions or having a government interfere with medical decisions with um, government, with doctors and their patients. But So I don't think this is going to last. But I have a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a chance that BC United could change their names back to BC Liberals? Uh, Keith, I'll let you answer that one. You know what, uh, caller? You're not the first person to ask that question or suggest that. They still retain the ownership of that name, um, but uh, the guy who would be really opposed to that would be Kevin Falcon. But maybe that is the solution. I mean, that, this is not idle chat. There have been discussions out there. I've talked to some senior people, of, not associated with the current caucus, but the previous caucus, who said, yeah, maybe the time has come to jettison this idea that's not working. The VC Liberal brand is still known. It was the government here for 16 years, after all. But uh, I don't know. I would, I would have to be a big come down by, by Mr. Falcon. You and I have talked about this privately, but technically, even on the ballot, you, even if you had BC United, you could put beneath it formerly BC Liberals on the ballot. Could you not next time? I haven't got a definitive answer from Elections BC on that. Okay. Elections BC does uh, produce the ballots, but I have heard that suggested. And maybe, again, with the Leger poll that had the uh, BC United basically tied with BC Conservatives around 20%, did point that out to the respondents when they gave them a choice. They said BC United, formerly known as the BC Liberals, and they still polled it around 20%, 22%. Wow. Wow. Uh, let's go to uh, Peter in North Vancouver. Hi, Peter. Hi guys, uh, thanks. Uh, just to respond to what you said, I what you said earlier that firing John Rustad from the party over a tweet that he retweeted, I, I agree with that. I, you know, uh, let's first acknowledge that a precious we look up what the tweet actually was and what he said. I remember doing that, and I I'm in my car, so I can't quote it for you word for word, but. It struck me as something that wasn't that far away from what mainstream thought is of people on the street. Uh, I don't think it was that shocking. And, um, you know, on the branding issue, I've got to think that once people see an election campaign going on and they see their incumbent NLA 
advertising under a new banner, that that probably will clear itself up a bit. But I'm a person who has been a card-carrying member of both the B.C. Liberal Party and the B.C. Conservative Party. And and uh, I was what they called a blue liberal, um, you know, never uncomfortable, never comfortable with the name liberal. And, you know, I had friends that were red liberals and they would phone me up and say, you know, what are your people thinking about this issue or that issue? Uh, you know, we united under Gordon Campbell, uh, under Christy Clark, the, par- the party took a big turn left mm-hmm. and a number of us left and we were uncomfortable with that. And, and uh, you know, the last thing I want to point out is everybody's talking about the Conservatives, quote, bringing U.S.-style politics. I would, I would say that the person, the people talking about Al Gore's climate change policies and, and uh, all of these crazy ideas about, you know, quote, gender-affirming care mm-hmm. for surgeries for 12-year-olds who can't even get a tattoo yet... Uh, I would say those are the people bringing U.S. style politics. All right, Peter, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, Peter does raise an issue. I mean, at any time, it's difficult to keep a coalition together. And I guess within with the polarized politics of today, this was probably inevitable. The only thing I would say with Mr. Russ said, if it wasn't that tweet, it could have been something else. And I've seen this with Lori Thornis in that caucus as well. If it wasn't one thing, it could have been something well, else Falcon, later on. Falcon said this is just an example of him not being a team player. So it was, yeah. it was giving the impression it was more than just one tweet. The caller, Peter made an interesting point, though. Does the brand problem uh, not disappear but become less of a problem once the campaign starts, once it becomes apparent who everybody is, given that people don't pay real close attention to politics between campaigns, yeah, maybe, and I'm sure this is an argument Falcon's going to make. That wait till the campaign starts. That's when we're going to get known. Well, I hope so. But the challenge is, if the BC Conservatives are polling at 25, 26, 27 percent, they can do serious damage. If the BC Conservatives are polling at a solid 10 percent, they can do a lot of damage to BC United. So it's not a question of whether or not BC United loses. BC Conservatives have to fall down significantly in regards to support yeah. uh, because it doesn't take a lot to Pick, damage. Particularly on a riding by riding basis. Exactly. We got about a minute, but. Deb I know you, but Debbie, you've been very patient. I want to make sure I get you on. Go ahead. Hi, Jazz. Oh, this is awesome. I just want to say, okay, so I'm in my mid-60s. I, I completely support the Conservative Party. They speak for my values, principles, mm-hmm. and morals. And I think you're going to see a lot of people feel that way, too. I mean, this NDP government is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, free drugs, like all this kind of stuff. And I just want you to know, I think there's a lot of people out there like me. I, Deb, thank anyway. you for your call. Really yeah, appreciate it. Well, this is also going to reflect the growing rural-urban divide in B.C. The rural areas are very strong, conservative-oriented, that went B.C. liberal before because it was a coalition. But go federally conservative and look for the Conservative Party of B.C. to be strongest in those areas. Yeah. Well, Keith, I hope we can keep this uh, regular yep. Friday 4 o'clock uh, segment because I think it's important. There's lots always going and on. And next week.